You nominated us. And you voted. And thanks to you, our loyal listeners. We are the Southern Entertainment Awards Radio Station of the Year 2016. Yeah, you know what it is. K100 Radio. You are now tuned into K100 Radio Hip Hop and R&B. And we are here at the Hip Hop Town Hall at the Omen Agency. This is July 11, 2016. And all of you guys are special as well. And we want to hear what you guys are saying or what you guys are thinking. Um, Please do not be alarmed by the cameras here. They are here to obviously show people that we're here and that we actually care about the community, that we're not just out here walking around in the streets aimlessly and that we actually are looking for causes, solutions, and that we're ready to come together. And we are here on K100 Radio, here live with Blizzum. Um, I just want to say that I come out uh, frequently to a lot of different events. Most of the time you see us at music events, uh, but things like this is really what this particular platform was built for. Uh, this is a form of independent media. This is a form of black-owned business. And um, when things hit our community that affect us both as media and as black people, black owners of businesses, uh, we feel compelled to come out. So what we did tonight is we're broadcasting this live over, over our airwaves. Anyone in the world can hear your questions. Make sure you speak into the mic when you give your feedback. Uh, we're a global Internet radio station. We're live 24-7. Uh, but we're also activists in our own rights. We try to make sure we highlight great events like this, uh, not just when something pops off, but just all the time. Uh, but I got to give a respect to everyone who put this together. It's a really great event. And we're just here to be able to expand this conversation beyond the walls of this room. Because anyone that's listening on our broadcast right now, anyone downloading our app, appreciate you guys tuning in. Everybody that's watching us, that's going to be watching us on Facebook Live, anywhere else. Our whole design is to bring this kind of material and this kind of conversation to people who can't be here because it's bigger than us in this room, but you never know the solution could be sitting right in here. So, you know, that's what we do. And that's all I got to say. Awesome. So as I was going through different things, and I'm sure you guys have seen on social media, there's a lot of different action items that people are sharing and saying, Hey, these are great ideas. This is what we need to do. We need to boycott this. We need to do that. We need to put our money into banks. And I know we'll touch on a lot of those different topics throughout the evening. Um, one of the things that, like I just said, I wanted to make sure that you guys actually left with something. So um, I did compile a couple little things here on this page. Basically, what we're going to be doing is what we decided to do is break up this evening into about three or four different categories. The first one that we wanted to talk about is government and law enforcement. We obviously know everyone has an opinion on it. We just wanted to get it, touch on it, and no offense, but get it out of the way. With that being said, I definitely, we have something called the hashtag no justice, no seat. There are also a number of boycotts going on, whether it's the transportation, businesses, um, jobs, top revenue places. Um, the next thing we also wanted to talk about was business entrepreneurship in the community. Another thing we wanted to talk about was consciousness and spirituality. And then, of course, any special remarks, solutions, and, you know, things of that nature. So just keep those things in mind as you're talking. I know you guys all have ideas in those some types of things, you know, government and law enforcement, business entrepreneurship and community, consciousness and spirituality. So did you have something? Go ahead. Okay. So hi, everybody. My name is Shay Lawson. I am a local attorney and um, I did want to touch on a handful of points and just three 
action items that people can do that directly affect laws that relate to um, justice. I'm sorry, laws that relate to justice in these types of cases. When we talk about gun control, when we talk about police oversight, racial profiling, etc. So the first thing is that Congressman Hank Johnson, who is a congressman from the state of Georgia, has introduced a bill to Congress that is a grand jury reform bill. And so we talked a lot in the Rice case about how the grand jury chose not to bring charges, right? And so this bill that is sitting before Congress, and it's been sitting there for a year and a half, says that these police departments will not get federal funding for training, for personnel, and for equipment if they don't pick prosecutors and judges that are neutral. And so for people who aren't familiar with the way the justice system works is that if you are an officer that is actively involved in arresting people, you see the same prosecutors, the same judges, the same people all the time. So now if you are the officer that's involved in the shooting, do you really think that the judge and the prosecutor who see you on a weekly basis are actually going to bring charges against you? And so... This bill directly says that, hey, you need a neutral special prosecutor elected and that a grand jury has to come to a decision in 90 days and that um, there has to be a transcript of what happened so that people can be aware. If you all could reach out to every single congressperson, and when we talk about mobilizing, if you called them, if you tweeted them, if you emailed them, this is something that would not sit on their desk. They would push it forward. When Congress and um, lawmakers, state lawmakers in North Carolina passed the bill about transgender bathrooms in 24 hours, but we are still sitting four years later on gun control bills. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, the NAACP put together a package of bills called Trayvon's Laws, and they are policy recommendations for states that address racial profiling, um, gun control, etc. If you can reach out to your local NAACP and figure out how you can actively get involved in pushing that forward. And then the last thing is the ACLU has a full packet of community organizing. When we talk about organizing ourselves and what we want to do, they talk about creating coalitions, how to lobby for legislation, how to start a police watch. If the police are watching us, then we should be watching them as well. So um, I want this to be for himself, so I want everybody to be able to ask their questions and give their two cents. But um, I know that at the end of this, the goal is we want to have certain calls to actions. Like each and every one of you in here, um, you feel like individually you can't do much, but collectively we all have one duty that we take on. So much can get done. It's just about having the information. So I hope you guys leave here today informed, and I hope you guys leave here with a call to action, something you can do, however insignificant you may feel that is. All that stuff is impactful and seeing change, whatever you feel like changes. But I know um, amongst Suli, Renee, and my Myself. The first question we wanted to ask is I know a lot of people were enraged by the events that had taken place recently. Um, we've been enraged since Ferguson and now we are, you know, reactivated because of the recent happenings with Alton Sterling and Philando Castile. Um, but I've seen everybody protest in March and the question that Suli paused, um, posed was we want justice, right? But what is justice? What does justice look like? So um, I have some people I wanted to call on, but they are not here yet. So for that reason, I'm just going to ask a couple of you just to get a general idea of what justice looks like to you so we can try and get to that, okay? 
you. I'm gonna let it go. I'm definitely gonna go with you. All right. Um, justice to me would be equality. That's kind of what everybody says. But uh, the two cents that I really wanted to drop is uh, mental health. I think that we all need to take a, a moment to look at mental health from the police to us as minorities, the way we look at ourselves, the way we, you know what I'm saying? The jokes that we laugh at that sometimes might not be the right jokes to laugh at. That type of stuff breaks people down. I've seen people from the bottom of society to the top of society, and the people at the bottom of the society are pretty much there because of internal issues that they're fighting. You know what I'm saying? So that's my only two cents. Just whatever you guys plan on doing, just please have a little chapter in, of that in there for me. Awesome, got you. So for everyone else, um, what does justice look like to you? Does anybody have an idea of if you woke up tomorrow, what would satisfy you in this fight? What are we fighting for? Just to just to let you know, there was a guy who came to our hip hop town hall and he was saying that there is a huge budget for mental illness here in Atlanta or in the, the city of Atlanta, unfortunately, is the most underused. So what it is, is I think even in our community, and just like you said, we have to acknowledge that we need that help and push forth that legislation, like she was saying, that we can actually, you know, get that money and that help that we actually need. So. Gosh, really got Hi, my name is Shayla Patterson. For me, justice looks like um, from the top down, our highest leadership to right in our communities. Um, Basically acknowledging that there have been implications of laws that separated us or given punishments unfairly, that that's unified across the board. If someone, if you're going to say, you know, a Schedule C drug is this level of fence, then it shouldn't be different whether it's in this neighborhood or that neighborhood or whoever gets caught with it. Um, so universal punishment not favoritism or you know if the cop is going to say okay i'm gonna give you a warning this time that judgment call yes is individual but i think also that should be something that could be considered you know across the board what is really necessary to pull somebody out the car for um and then also like i said from the top bottom if you know you're gonna if um we'll use our candidates for presidency right now if hillary Clinton has done something that is something that needs to be punished, then that needs to be done because across the board, military, I used to be, if that happened to us and that has been proven, then we got in trouble for it because that was what the set law is. So if the law is the law, then it needs to be across the board. Okay. So it sounds like from that conversation, I just want to make sure I understood you correctly. Off the top, justice looks like equality. Is that what it, is that what it pretty much is? Like equal treatment of uh, said criminals, equal treatment of just in general, right? Okay, cool. I'm going to go right here because I saw you. Um, for me, I think justice uh, is accountability. Um, I think that, uh, long story short, you know, like I'm sure a lot of us in here, you know, I'm a black man. I don't have a criminal record, but yet I've had bad encounter after bad encounter with police officers just being profiled X, Y, and Z. And for me, the thing that's the most frustrating is that there's a lack of accountability Um it's almost as if there's a license to kill that's been given to police officers across the nation, and there's no, um, there's no accountability, there's no prison time. If it is, it's very minimal. I think the most that we've probably seen is three to five months to a year. And so for me, justice is uh, accountability for lives lost. If there was a life lost, like in the situation with Oscar Grant, if somebody is shot, 
face down, handcuffed, a situation like that, there has to be some level of accountability. Somebody has to serve 15 to 25 years for first-degree murder. Somebody has to serve manslaughter charges. And I think a lot of the anger, the frustration um, that we see is because there's absolutely zero accountability uh, for any of these officers, and they're being protected by a corrupt system, and that system is allowing them to operate under the guise that I'm invincible. And so for me, justice is holding people that do harm in our community accountable. Okay, great. So we've got equality so far. We have accountability. That's agreeable? Anybody disagree? <laughs> okay, and I'll take one last one before we move on. Uh, what does justice look like for you? Say your name and I guess your summarized concept. All right, so uh, hello, everybody. My name is Darian. But um, for me, the way I kind of visualize it is that, you know, throughout our judicial system, we get a picture of a scale. And, you know, everything is, is supposed to be balanced. You know, you do one thing, you get a certain reaction. So for me, what I'm seeing is that the scales are unbalanced. And, you know, just like concepts of, like, taxes, you know, if everything is reciprocal between, you know, one entity and another, then where do you get the idea of tax where a portion of something is supposed to be given? So I think, you know, the general concept and, the, the, you know, the, the, the main issue is an imbalance in, in everything. So, you know... Quite often, I think it's a fear factor, too. You know, they're afraid of us. We're afraid of them. So quite often, we keep getting these, these back and forth. You mentioned fear factor. That's something we're going to probably talk on later. But I will mention um, a question I want to pose to you guys. I feel like maybe the, the issue we're having with, like, equality is because somebody brought up that um, people walk into situations with black eyes and there's kind of this said fear, especially from other cultures, I'm going to let you go ahead and just... Ashley, I just want to have one person. He's been waiting for a while. I just want to get him in. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm Derek Simpson, and I think one of the main things that I really pay attention to as far as, like, the interactions between the people that's getting in, in trouble or going to jail and the police officers taking them to jail is not knowing the difference between cooperation and obedience. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like that's the root of where the problems all go wrong in the pullover situation. You know what I mean? Like... The police that I've been encountered with, that I've had encounters with, they've, they've always made it to a situation where you have to be obedient instead of cooperating with them, which is all you would supposedly supposed to do as grown men and women. You know what I mean? And so with that being said, I just feel like it got to be some way to, to, to set laws or set parameters based on where does obedience start. And, how, and, and once they got that in their heads... Why do we have to be obedient to them when it's just a cooperation situation? And I feel like we should be protected by hate crimes if they're going to do it like that. You know what I mean? Like, if they gonna, if, if, if it's going to be said that, you know, we look a certain type of way or we act a certain type of way, and so that's the reason why we had more inclination to, to pull this person over, I believe that the same way that the, um, the lesbian, gay, and uh, bi-transsexual uh, community has hate crime laws put in place for them not being persecuted because of those situations, I should be able to sag my pants and wear gold teeth. And that's what it is. That's great. So, so far what we have is equality, accountability, and acceptance. Meaning, like, however you look, you shouldn't be profiled for it. Just accepting people for how they look. Not finding, like, any sort of threat. Just um, giving people a chance, right? All right. And so we're, gonna, we're kind of going to take a second to kind of segue into we've kind of addressed the issues. We, we, we all know why we're here. And now it's, we want to look at some solutions for that problem. And, and, and I think from our point of view, it's more of it's a, it's a two prong approach. Especially for me, it's, it's, a, it's a political and then there's an economic kind of kind of systemic kind of issue that's going on. 
And just to look at the, the political issue, because I look at it almost as if kind of creating change within the system that we're in. Um, and that's kind of the political aspect of it. Um, and that comes with knowing your laws and knowing somebody spoke about why are they allowed, like why are they getting offered three, like some of the charges that, that the police have gotten have been six months, maybe three to five years. There are, there are different, there are certain words in the laws and then certain, certain language that's being used that allows them to, to kind of have that, that leeway. And, you know, I mean, a lot of the, when it's, when it comes to speaking about, uh, police brutality and, and kind of, kind of ex- exertive, excessive force rather, it's one of the laws is, is it mentions that it's, it uses their at, at their own discretion. You know what I mean? And that word discretion kind of leaves it wide open for however you want to interpret it. You know what I mean? And so those are the things that we need to kind of address and having petitions signed and, and kind of knowing what laws are being voted on and being registered to vote because you can't do anything without voting and without being registered to vote. So while we're here, we actually have one of the actionable steps that we have is we have voter registration forms here. So you can register to vote. So at least at the end of at the end of today, you would have known. All right, I came to something. I registered to vote, and now I can start making some changes, kind of within the system. And so we're kind of going to open up the floor to, for any comments or any ways that you guys have any ideas or, or, or opinions for how to kind of operate within the system. Um, my name is John Fendell. Me and my business partner, we own uh, Teas and Quotes down the street. Um, it's a really nice establishment. Yeah, I should stop by one day, but. Basically, why I came here is because I wanted to make sure that I was able to reach out to everybody that I actually can see. What we want to do on Saturday, actually, I'm inviting out the whole black community to the shop. I'm feeding everybody. We're just going to eat. going to eat. We're going to sit down just like this. Talk. Figure out, figure out what we can do. Figure out different solutions. Just like said, we need to be able to vote. We need to get all our people out here to vote. So we need to set up things where it's good for the community, where you can come out and see where your voting poll is and see, make sure that you're registered. We need to go out and make sure that we try to feed our black community. We're not feeding it because we're shopping everywhere else. Now, of course, I'm not saying that it's going to change over in a year. I mean, but it's a gradual process. We have to make sure that we feed our community because when I go by the Hispanic community, I know it's the Hispanic community because I can't read any of the signs. When I go in and go into like off of Beaufort Highway, where it's all the Asians, all their signs, I can't read any of those. But when you think about the black community, you only think about the poor areas or the poor areas that need to be knocked down. You don't really think about the black community when you walk down the suburbs. You're not really thinking, oh, that's black. You're only associated with the hood. And we got to get out of that mentality. We got to stop thinking that, hey, hood is cool. It's okay to be smart. It's okay to be legible when you're writing. It's okay to learn. It's okay to teach amongst each other. All that's okay. So until we make that cool... We're going to always be in that same system. So it's up to us to change the community, to make it cool, to be good, to make it cool, to be smart. And we're going to go to the, we're going to go to one more person. But I want to take everybody going to take a second for everybody to go to as we talk about operating within the system. I want everybody to take out their phone and go to joincampaignzero.org. It literally lists it, it's it shows us how to operate within the system and, and kind of the things we're looking to do. It talks about we can end police violence in America through limiting intervention, improving community interactions, and ensuring accountability. And it, and it lists how you, what laws in your area, what you can, you can kind of show what street you live on, show who your congressman is, show who your city councilwoman is. And it kind of lists all those things all on this one site. And I think that's one step that we need to do to figure out how we can work within the system. So I guess we can go to another person. And please introduce yourselves, you know, just in case, because people do want to know, especially if you have something important, really, that you're sharing. We want to make sure that people know who you are. We're talking about solutions, correct? 
Um, my name is Yanaja Halone Wolf. I am a proud Ogallala, Lakota, Native American, and black woman. Um, my mother was from Pine Ridge, South Dakota. I'm also the granddaughter of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And also, I'm a national organizer and an activist. And I recently helped with the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March for Justice Sorrells. And being brought up and raised in revolution and activism, these type of roundtables I'm quite used to being around. But the problem is, is our solution. What's the solution? My mother was in prison for seven years illegally, uh, I mean, as a, not a, yeah, I would say illegally, because um, she worked with President Umar Gaddafi. So I've been around this. But what is our solution? My, I strongly believe that Beyonce said, the best revenge is your, is your paper. Our solution, my little thing fell off, but my, our solution is our paper, is making sure that we do an economic shutdown, blackout, spending the dollars amongst our own people, and not asking for a hookup amongst our own people, but actually helping in really unifying together as black, brown, and black people and native people. We need to unite together. Um, I will, I strongly believe working as a, as, because I'm both biracial, I'm Native American and black, I work a lot with native communities and black communities as well as Latino communities. And when I see the power in numbers amongst them, themselves, just imagine when we unite. And all of us begin to really come together united and say, no more shopping at Walmart. No more shopping at Target. No more shopping at Coca-Cola. I mean, getting their products. All of these corporations that continue to fund the injustice of our people, it must stop. And I believe that our solution is going to be that in regards to governing ourselves. When you go into the Italian communities in New York, when you go into the Jewish communities all throughout America, you see them governing themselves. They don't even when you step in there just to go to their local bodega or whatever, they, you already feel like you don't belong there. How come that's not happening within our own community? When there's anything that happens in their community and a police officer, if it's a police engaged situation, they talk to the local leadership in that community before the media even knows about it. How come that's not happening with us? Because we are not united. We was out there on Saturday pro protesting Justice Sorrell's Black Lives Matter, but we don't even look at our own black life and think that it matters when we're walking down the street and we see someone walking and they're tired and they're hungry and we don't ask them, do you need something to eat? Do you need a ride? We don't even look at each other and say, hi, how are you? When we're in our own community, we don't even talk to our own neighbors. We don't even support one another. We have to stop that. And it all starts with I. There's no we unless there's an I first. There's no we unless there's me first. I have, I always say that I can't go into no community and organize. I help the situation with Freddie Gray and, and put together, um, solution based, um, town halls and protests and all that in Baltimore. But I had to make sure that my home was good. I had to make sure that my five-year-old and my 15-year-old have food in their refrigerator. I always say charity starts at home first, and then you could go out and help one another. I strongly believe that also, I was just talking to my videographer about investment groups. 
we have to join together in regards to bringing our dollars together. I just purchased land in Detroit, Michigan for $500. I didn't put up that $500. I asked four other people by no one said, do you have 100 do you have a hundred? Do you have a hundred? Let's go ahead and buy this land and start doing urban gardening in, in the food drought area of Detroit. That's all what it boils down to. We definitely, of course, we definitely want to make sure that these wonderful ladies do come as Yunajaha, which I thank you so much for coming through. There are a lot of other people, and I'm sure other people have not told us that we're coming, and they have some great solutions. So I just want to get everybody else. Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name is Brad, owner of the Frat House Recording Studios in Marietta, Georgia. Um, I want to speak in response to what Yanajaha was saying about the economic shutdown or economic blackout. Uh, by show of hands, show of hands, how many people in here have a bank account at Fargo or Chase or any other ma major bank here? It's a good amount of people. Okay, so my question is... When we're talking about economic shutdown or blackout, is everybody withdrawing their money from these banks? Could that be a possibility? Is that something that we can organize like that's an actionable step since I know tonight we're talking about solutions? That's already in motion. Okay. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> no, that, that's all I had to say. Um, I'm going to let you speak. Um, um, my name is Mario Stowers, and um, it's just something I just really got to get off my chest. I'm a college basketball coach, been here for six years. And um, one thing I want to state is that I, 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 I deal with a lot of kids, and the things that I love about this young generation is that there's nothing lame to them. They don't feel like anything is lame. When I was growing up and somebody wore tight pants, we thought that was lame. If we're going to be on Instagram, let's talk about positive stuff. And, and then, the, then the youth will follow. So if we, start, if we start respecting each other, then outside people will start respecting us as well. Um, anger, fear, lust, and greed. I'm picking back and off my man right here. Um, America, foundation, check, anger, check. fear. Lust, greed, music that they promote with our faces and advertise. Anger, fear, lust, greed. Television that they promote with our face. Anger, fear, lust, greed. All of this is lower energy of your lower self. They keep us operating in our lower selves with anger, fear, lust, greed. This is energy. This is not racism. This is scientific warfare. This is scientific warfare. Your, your very existence is energy. Your very existence is energy. We can have solutions, but those solutions are the fruit of the tree. We have to embody the tree. We have to raise ourselves by ourselves with ourselves. Because money, land, all of these things are fruit of the tree. These things are temporary. They come and go with the seasons. And so our very essence has to be purified. We have to stop, like my man said, stop glorifying anger, fear, lust, greed. Stop acting out of anger, fear, lust, greed. And bridge higher and lower self with pure 
and most people might not understand it, but love is the bridge between higher and lower self. And once you begin to love unconditionally, without a matter, without a doubt, now you're talking to, I'm speaking from a place of understanding, from being and doing something about situations, like actually going out, putting my life on the line and doing something about a situation, inspiring. We need an inspiration-based system. Greed, America is ran on greed and fear. The only way to overcome greed and fear is inspiration. Like my man, post positive things, say positive things, preach positive things. The only way that you can get over the greed and the anger and the fear is to combat it with pure, unadulterated love. You know, and radiate love, radiate enlightenment. Be the very personification of love and enlightenment. And that is the only way. That is the only way. That is the only way to raise yourself by yourself. And then, because like my sister over here said, you, there can be no we without I. We have to be grounded, grounded in our lower energies. Yeah, radiate love, radiate enlightenment. That is the I'll, beginning, yeah. first and foremost. Um, I'm going to move back in the economic direction in two seconds, but I want to stay in the space and ask a couple questions about what justice inside the system looks like. Um, and with that being said, I wanted to talk to a couple people, starting with this guy, about justice inside the system. I know one thing I heard was that people took voting for a joke until they saw this whole Trump thing happen, and now everybody's trying to get serious. So from somebody who is trying to be inside the system, I just wanted to get your two cents. Uh, good, good evening, everyone. Good evening. All right, what's up? That's good. My name is Eric Bell, and I'm actually on the ballot right now in Clayton County for commissioner. Um, so, uh, appreciate it, baby. Uh, I went to my first march on Friday, and uh, one of, there were three things they wanted to get for it, and one of them was make sure we vote. We have to, and specifically in Clayton County. Only 17% of the population votes, but one out of four of us live below the poverty line, and that's all the metro Atlanta. So we look at around the room, one out of four of us are going without what we need, and it's only because we're not voting. we got to step up to the plate. The average age in metro Atlanta is 32 years old. That's us. But the average voter is a 65-plus-year-old white woman. So when we're talking about allocation of resources, economic activity, that's where our resources are going. When they're talking about jobs and infrastructure, our resources are going towards the elderly. But we're the ones who are going out jobs. So that forces us into survival economics, prostitution, drug selling, playing out hustling, Eric Garner selling his CDs on a, what was it, CDs? Cigarettes. He did it because they avoid an opportunity in his, avoid opportunity in his community. But we have to provide the opportunity for ourselves. This is our nation, our communities, our state, and until we step up and start holding our elected officials accountable, it's going to continue to happen. Because as elected, well, as inspiring elected official, I work for you. But if only 17% of you are telling me what to do, 83 of you, I don't hear nothing of. So if I want to stand that position, I'm only going to work for that 17. And that's what's happening, y'all. We got to care about one another. Um, I tremendously need your support. We can make it happen. Eric Bell. Uh, my website is bellforus.com. Um, I'm a graduate of Morehouse. I'm from Clayton County, Southside. If anybody know about it, throw your C's up. We in here, and we coming up, y'all. Um, I, <laughs> I usually don't say that, but considering my audience, I feel like I could be one with you. I can be real. I don't got to come up here suit and tie. I can be as, as I am. But we got to stand up, y'all. 
We can't wait to protest and march. We go to the polls and hold our elected officials accountable for what they do. It's ours, our tax dollars, our land. No longer should we let them run amok. Go down to the state capitals. Go to your uh, the local administration buildings and make your voices heard. Let them know you're not going to be in office anymore because we're going to stand up. In the next election season, this election is every single year. Once one of us in, we all in. Four years. So how how long do you the commissioner stay in? Four years. So if you guys vote me in and let your counterparts in Clayton County know, I'll be in until 2020. And then we'll keep going. Right, uh, there's another election in Clayton County, Alfred Dixon of Ground Zero. He's going to be, uh, we're going to make sure we get him in as a Jonesboro City Council. So let's work together and get us elected. Amen. Um, All right, check. Before we leave, I'm going to run that back just so y'all know who, who, we can, uh, who we can vote for, who's on our side. But um, before you leave, I just want to pass the floor around, ask and see whatever insight I can get about. You guys know there's elections year rounds every year, but for some reason we only get excited. It seems the majority of us only get excited when it's the presidential election. And we're talking about elected officials. Half of y'all, no offense, not to y'all, but half of people don't know who their elected officials are because they did not elect them. So we have to start talking about these other elections outside of the presidential. So if anyone has any insight about um, elections beyond the presidential election and things like Eric Bell, I'd love to hear from you. Check. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Hold on. Hold on. So once again, the name is Keith Gamage. That would be a person for Fulton County Solicitor General. He's over all the um, lawyers in Fulton County. Um, one of his biggest things is not to charge some of our young black brothers when they get, in, get into a fight at a basketball game. What's his name again? Keith Gamet. Keith Gamet. Um, we help. We, we're going to hold his feet to the fire. My name is Antonio Lewis. I work in the labor movement. So um, I know that the labor movement, we funded the civil rights movement. When Dr. King was assassinated, he was at a labor event. He was at a sanitation worker strike. So you see signs that say, I am a man, because they were just trying to say, like, we're men, too. Um, you were speaking about elections. Um, we got to vote. We have to vote every single year. You got to small elections. Your voice makes the difference in the smaller elections. Um, my brother say here in Clayton County, which zone are you in Clayton County? Which area? Three. District 3, you got to tell that part. And I, So I have um, one more thing I want to talk about. Um, so I'm on an organizing panel for the entire country or whatever with the DNC. So next week I'll be at the DNC. And we're doing something where we're talking about making cities hire police who live in the city. So um, if you... When you guys do vote and you do talk to politicians, you tell them hire 70 percent of the police in the city. So if you're from the city, I know a lot. Of, just think about Ferguson, Missouri. The, the guy who killed Mike Brown, he was from two hours from St. Louis. That's where he lived. He drove two hours to work every day. In his mind, he didn't care. Any, he probably had never touched a black man before in his life. But if you hire police who are from the community, you're policing yourselves. That's community policing itself. Um, that's why Atlanta gets it right. Um, we hired to be a police officer in the city of Atlanta. 60%, anybody who works for the city of Atlanta, 60% of the workers have to live in the city of Atlanta. And they, they complain about that every year when contracts come up. But we tell them, you want to police yourselves and you want to work in the community you live in. So that's enough for me. Mic check. I got that. Let me get that. Let me get that. Uh, y'all make some applause for Yamalin. Hi, everybody. Well, my name is Yami, and 
And I work with a few different organizations working on solutions for the community right now. The main one right now, the event that she's speaking of, is this Wednesday at Citizens Trust Bank at 75 Piedmont. Um, basically, we're trying to encourage everybody to get a black bank account because look, looking at the statistics, the wealth gap between white Americans and African Americans is so large at this point that we need a billion dollar bank. We, that's what we need to try to lessen the gap even just a little bit. Because if we're looking at it, um, right now, it was estimated that at 2015, it'd be $1.1 trillion worth of buying power for the black community. That's how much money we're spending. But guess how much, uh, how long the black dollar lasts within our community? Okay, there are a lot of different myths. Five minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. When the Jewish dollar lasts in their community for 19 days. Think about it. For us, it lasts six minutes. That's something to think about. I feel like we have a bad stigma towards other black businesses in general. Like, uh, like you, you think that they're not handling their things the way a white business would. When in reality, this black bank, this was one of the first banks to come out of the, out of the recession, was one of the first banks to come out of the depression. Citizens Trust Bank has a history for being one of the first black banks to bounce, one of the first banks, period, to bounce back when the economy drops. That being said, we need to have more faith in our own community and in our own economics because we already know what they care about is a dollar. So if we hit them where it hurts. If we start taking money out of their banks and putting it into ours, where do you think that money is going? Into our community. Because they, because right now, SunTrust, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, the biggest ba Chase, the bigger banks in, in America right now, they're still giving out half-assed loans to people of color, even if they have the same credit score as a person that isn't of color. That the, the statistics are there. I can't give you the exact numbers, but I'm telling you, you look for them, they're there. They're open data that not everybody's looking for and the more we start believing in our own community the more we will see a change and the quickest change that the most immediate change that you can do is slowly start changing your spending habits from these major chains that don't give a fuck about us to <laughs> to black businesses and black banks. Like I said, a billion dollar bank, any, like if we invested in any of our banks, black banks throughout America and just one of them became a billion dollar bank, could you imagine the change in that wealth gap? Just from people being able to start businesses with loans that aren't, that aren't meant, meant to finesse you out of your money. Like, with, with us having equal opportunities because they're coming from people that look just like us. That, that's basically what I wanted to tell y'all. So, yeah. And it's going to be at Citizens Trust from 2 to 4 on Wednesday. Come out, open an account, transfer your credit card, re refinance your mortgage, whatever it is that you're trying to get done, they can help you. They're really here to help you. 75 Piedmont, please come out, um, spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family, even if you have just $20 to your name, if you save us account right there, like, come on, like, you could, you could get it done. Before I pass the mic, I want to say what you said about the businesses and us complaining about the quality of the service that we get. One thing that you don't realize is that other businesses 
they be- they better their service and they better their quality of things because the customers and the people who are give- are supporting them are asking for that change are telling them that they need to do better are telling them that they need to have better service. But if we're just too quick to just leave them and then not even let them know why I'm leaving or why I don't want to shop here or why I'm not supporting this, then they'll never be able to fix that. So. Hey, what's up? I just want to add to what she was saying. I'm Scotty ATL. And uh, I just want to add this, though, for real, like, I was talking to Killer Mike earlier about this same thing, what she was talking about, putting our money into black on banks and to be honest i was a little skeptical about it you know what i'm saying so i asked him like what was the purpose behind it and he was telling me that it was to bring more control and more power for ourselves in our own community so i'm personally gonna start one and the advice that he gave me was if you don't feel comfortable putting all your money in there start with a hundred dollars or start with whatever you got that's gonna allow you to do it and and allow it to grow and allow it to work before you just say, okay, I ain't doing it, or I'm going to commit myself fully, just give it a chance. So I'll let y'all know I'm personally going to do it. Yeah. Uh, my name is Kelby Kanick, Um Tech geek, magazine owner, philosopher. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, one of the things that started off with is what is justice? And I think it's a conception. We got this misconception that justice equals equality. And if every house gets a loaf of bread and you have two people in your household and they have eight people in theirs, is that fair? We starting all the way back. Black people like to demand the same treatment as white people isn't fair for us. When you sit up and look at the the Stanford rapist who the judge threw it, let him off because going to jail would gravely impact his well-being, that is not fair. So when we get back to these the economics and everything that we're talking about, it's not enough to say don't spend money. It's not enough to say black out. It's a, we got to say what to do with that money. We got to... You can't, no one is going to inconvenience themselves personally for the greater good. We ain't going to eat fast food on Wednesday. So well, I'm just going to be hungry on Wednesday. Let me know where I can go get something to eat on Wednesday where it's going to come back to me. You understand? We put our money in these black banks because these black banks, a lot of people don't understand the, the, the lending ratio. For every, I believe, $1, they can lend or leverage it to lend 10 or $100. So the more money that goes into those black banks, the more that they can lend. And they're more likely to lend money to you as an individual if, for a black person if you're trying to start a business. And if you're a black business, you're six times more likely to hire black people. And if you're trying to purchase a home That's where wealth comes from for many consumers, many of us who are not entrepreneurs. That's our biggest investment. So when we're not putting the money into the things that bring it back to us, it's it's just economic recycling. That's all it is. I'm going to spend money with you because it doesn't matter if you spend money with me. Because I know you're going to spend money with her. And she does business with me. A lot of, there's a lot of, raise your hand if you're an entrepreneur, you got a business going on up in here. 
Look around this room. We don't need leaders. We are leaders. Everybody in this room is a leader. I know my man, you you a super entrepreneur over there. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Scotty. I support your business. I support my man, Blizzard Mill. A lot of businesses in here that I've spent money with, spent money on, and send business to. Not because I'm looking for a handout, a kickback, because they black, and I love them, and I love each and every person in this room. We can't be afraid to say that we love each other, especially my black men. Like, all this homophobia, all that, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. Like this Black Lives Matter and going out on 75, 85, we're not showing that Black Lives Matter because we only do that when someone dies. We're showing that Black death matters. Black life happens every day. So we got to stand up and support each other's businesses, each other's dreams, each other's goals. That's my whole purpose for why I started making a magazine. I really don't care much about music. I started it to help people. I saw young black men who were losing money chasing a dream. So I put together a platform to help them actually turn a profit and start making money. I'm for people who are chasing their dream, and I just I'm, I love the energy that's in here and everybody that came out. Man, make some noise for yourself. I appreciate the Omen Agency. This venue is for this venue. They rent this venue out, so spend some money here. My man K100. He also has advertisers for sale. All these entrepreneurs in here. Well, let's keep some money circulating around this room because 19 seconds ain't long with us. Um, all of you guys who have something to offer to this community, to offer to your people or ideas, Joy, you here, and then everybody that has ideas, I want you guys to network before we leave. That's how we put plans in action. So don't leave without getting, I challenge everybody to get at least five contacts before you leave and put a plan in motion, please. Um, so let me pass it on to, oh, there you are. How you get over here so fast? I'm moving. I'm moving. I just wanted to speak on what you said too, man. I'm going to get out of the way, but I feel like, one of the things that we had to do is we had to start within ourselves and with our community. And, you know, like, I feel like we sometimes when these tragedies and these things happen, everybody's excited. And I agree with everybody for feeling hurt and angry and all that. But it's not, it's not enough to me, in my opinion, to just be hurt and angry. I feel like this is... The second step. The protesting is a first step. They twisted up what I said a little bit on the news saying I was for stopping the protesting. I never said that. I felt like the protesting was a good idea to get people's attention. And now what we're doing is strategizing and coming together and bringing ideas. But I feel like, man, it's stuff you can already do in your own community. Who are your neighbors? Who live next door to you? Who live across the street? Like, for me growing up, that's one of the things that my mom made sure I knew the people that was around me. So if something happened and I wouldn't know, they could look out for me. I know my neighbors. What's going on in your own community? Because sometimes it's like we're screaming for the world. We got to do that. But we also got to do what we can already do in our own community right now. So, so in essence, you here. You here right now. But the next time this happens... Will you be here? Will you continue to come and implement these ideas? Some of y'all not. Some of y'all are. And we need more people to come back consistently and be a part of this, man. For real. Amen. Um, I'm going to take the red shirt up here, and then we're going to move on. And like I said, it's going to be plenty of time towards the end for everybody to get their additional comments out. But I just want to keep this thing moving. If you could speak up. Just a secret from 9 to 10, we'll all be staying after to talk about solutions and get people together with the organizers. So, Hey, everyone. How y'all doing? How y'all doing out here? Check. Good. I'm happy y'all alive and well. My name is Chuck Cherry. 
Uh, I'm a black IT professional slash business guy. That's what I'm going to call myself today. Uh, y'all need me to speak louder? All right. So I got three points that I wanted to touch on. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on is advocacy patterns. We, if, if we have been advocating so long in our community, how come these patterns haven't been passed down to, to us? Not everyone knows how to be an advocate in their community. So however you can, if, if uh, you, like, um, I, I can't remember her name, but if you know how to advocate for your community, teach someone, write it down, um, pass it along, because not everyone knows how to be advocates in their community. Two, um, I wanted to mention um, the Black Lives Matter movement or the rally in the streets that you see every day. Um, it, it's more impactful to do absolutely nothing to have mediocrity in these streets because they are broadcasting it on live television. So everybody can agree that everybody has one idea of a solution, but there's many ways to get to that solution. So make sure you support each other. If you may not even agree with protesting in the streets. It has been working for 50 years, but to be in solidarity and to be to stand together means something and to show the world means something. When they look at Atlanta, Georgia, will you be the one out of 10,000 people that they say march in solidarity and show and spark the rest of Georgia, the rest of Georgia, the rest of the uh, Bible Belt, the rest of the South. And my, my last point is that we need to uh, kind of change how these uh, cops kind of get paid after they shoot someone. They get paid administrative leave. I'll tell a story um, in a book. Uh, they, they changed the economics when they bought people and realize what I'm saying. When they bought people from Africa to America. They were paid transportation. They were paid to transport. Then they realized too many people were dying in the process. They start paying for every head alive that made it to America. You got to change the money. You got to change the way that um, we we do things capitalistically. We live in a capital capitalist society. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. I want to um, pass the mic on to my good friend Diamond. So y'all make some noise for her. Thank you. Um. Okay, can you all hear me? My name is Diamond. I am a television producer. And so working in networks, I find that we have the same issue. It's the white people that are leading the networks telling us what we want to see on television. So my effort is to create content that empowers. And so even if you're not a content creator, even if you're not, if you're, some, if you're in another industry, create videos. Like, use your phone. Obviously, we know the power of video. And I think that we need to create more positive video content like it's a it's a billion dollar market and the thing is video is the is most prominent here in america and it's growing in other countries so if we start to tell our story if we start to be controlling of our narrative i think that that's another way so even if you're if you're if you're in other industries please get with people that are creators and tell these stories tell your narrative um yeah, like, don't be afraid. I think that we can control the stories that are told. Like, I don't watch the news. And I just don't think that, that that's all that's happening in the world. Like, there's positive things. And I think that we're the creators of those things. So we need to create. Amen. Yeah, I got, um, who needs a mic? I got Sunny over here. 
And then I have you. I'm going to move it all around real quick. Yo, what's good? How y'all doing? What's going on? A lot of y'all know me already. My name's Sonny Solomon. Sonny M.F. Solomon. I'm a songwriter, rapper. But right now, I am doing something for the community for as as part of the solution. Um, I grew up in Adderville, Zone 4, uh, you know, right over there around the way by Bankhead. So I got together with one of my friends that I went to high school with, and we are currently um, doing a GoFundMe account. And it's called Loaded Backpack. So if everybody could just pull out your phone. Let me see if y'all pull out your phone right quick. Go uh it's on Instagram, it's a uh, hashtag loaded backpack and basically we're gonna give out a thousand loaded backpacks to uh the kids in Adderville and to the kids in um Bankhead. So if you down to donate, if you wanna come out, there we go. <laughs> or if you wanna come out, donate some time. If you can't donate no money, you know what I mean we gonna need a lot of a lot of help to uh do this because when I first thought about it, you know, I only thought it was gonna take like a couple hundred dollars to do this. Then I did the math. It's gonna be like nine stacks to do this. But I never said that I could do it by myself. I just said I'm gonna do it. You feel me? So with that being said, don't just see the light. I want y'all to be the light as well. Like I said, guys, if you can stick around afterwards, we're gonna try and wrap this at nine so that you guys can socialize until ten because I know you need all the time to make all your rounds. That'd be great. Also, everybody who touched the mic and spoke on an initiative that they're trying to implement, I would love it if you guys could stay for two seconds, meet on the stage. I just want to grab all of your information so I can make sure one, I connect all of you guys. Two, I get your information so I can spread it to everyone here. I got you. We gonna get. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> But yeah, so that's just, that's just all I wanted. If you guys who touched mics and have things that you want to share with the community, if you can meet me on the stage promptly, um, I want to say 8.45 to 9 o'clock, I'd love to grab your information so we can make sure it gets out there to the right people. Um, this is very important for me to say. I am 22 and I am a homeowner. So, thank you. All around these neighborhoods, all of these white people are buying it up. Why? Because they're trying to gentrify this, this entire neighborhood from Vine City to West End. There's different, it's a whole lot of different first-time buyers programs and all these different programs that we, why are you renting? Why? How, how many people spend over $1,000 for rent? How many people spend over $800 in rent? I, you can buy a house, you can own something, and you can pay a $600 mortgage. I, I got, I got you. So this is, this is all of this is, um, all these jobs and stuff that I have. Like this is to support. I'm a director. I'm an award-winning director. So I just made a a film about systematic oppression, and it's been winning awards. Oh, Viv, we got a screening in D.C. and New York. I didn't tell you next month. So um, she was the art director. That's Vivian Chavez. But um. Yeah, so each artist that's in here, I see there's painters, I see there's filmmakers, I see there's um, rappers and musicians. It is very important that you implement this into your art. It's, it's very important. You have to, if you can't just be here and not express what you're feeling, express what you're thinking. Like every uh, rapper is talking about all this um, over-sexualizing women and, um, materialistic possessions and all this other stuff. We have to stand for what we believe in in every aspect of life. It is very tremendous that we do that. How I got my jobs at 21 and 20 is because I had a community that believed in me. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing when I came into none of my jobs. 
everybody with these job with these um companies and all these other things. Like y'all have to make sure y'all get these young brothers and sisters from high schools, from elementary schools, and say, you want to do this? You don't know what you're doing? It's okay. I got you. Thank you so much. My name is Armani Martin. Armani Martin. Um, yeah, all right. But, um, just real quick, my name is Keisha Mitchell. I'm owner and editor-in-chief of a couple of publications, the Editor Magazine and Sapio Magazine. Uh, so many important things have been said, but it's just really, really, you know, my message for y'all today is to remember the narrative as we're talking about controlling the narratives and remember who's disseminating this information to us. Economics is something obviously we can talk about all day because that's actually where the shift of the revolutions really practically going to come from. Um, but it's important to know that we don't control or own anything. So I really urge everybody, you know, in the black community, it's very, very uh, common and practical for us to own T-shirt brands. You know, we want to own barbershops. We want to own a lot of things that don't really make the world go round. And what I really, really advocate is that you start to ask children to really become interested in, like, STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. There are all types of programs. Understanding coding is a new language. It's an international language. If you can code, you can change the world. That's computers. That's apps. That's technology. You know, and our, and our brains are more than capable, and we have the capacity to do these things. Okay, so just so y'all know, we're, technically I said I was going to end this thing at nine. Obviously, I'm, a, I'm willing to let it go over if you guys are, but I, I know I'm not going to be able to let every single person talk because everybody here wants to talk, and I apologize for that in advance. So what I've been doing and what I'm going to keep doing is just picking on the first three people that I see, and I want you guys to stay after, network, talk to people, and keep moving this thing forward, okay? So I'm going to let you guys rock, and then I'm going to move on to Malachi and a different part of our economical experience here. Hello. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Africa. Nice to meet you. Thank you. First off, I want to say that I am so happy that I see so many young professionals and entrepreneurs in here that have their businesses and are doing things in the light. I think that's beautiful. You know, as people of color, we're all in one setting, and, you know, we have all these jobs that we're doing. Okay. So, marching is not working no more. I am an advocate for it. Yes, I am. I'm an advocate for marching and disrupting the peace, but we got it. We got to get in the neighborhoods, just like everybody's been saying. We have to reach our youth, reach our babies, and we have to teach them how to fill out a tax form, you know, how to, you know, how to count money, how to manage money. My mother never taught me that. I've been taking trips like a motherfucker and not saving no motherfucking money still, okay? So we really have to teach our babies how to save money and how to be self-sufficient like, like this woman said. It's so important that we teach our babies and our females, you know, self-worth, our men, self-worth. We have to get in the communities. That's what we got to do. Um, real quick, I'm going to pack the, pass the mic back to Amber Grimes. For those of you who feel like you can't be impactful via social media, there's so many ways to be impactful, so I'm going to pass it back to Amber on that note. There you go. Um, I'm just piggybacking off of what she said also about the social media. Um, there's like no room anymore for any negativity with what we're dealing with. So it's not helpful at all. For And I'm not throwing shade at anybody for anybody to say, well, guys, this isn't working anymore. Let's do this. It's not one or the other. We need to do everything. Everybody is missing the whole point of awareness. And awareness is one of the most important things that we have right now. So the reason why people keep bringing up black-on-black black violence and all of this is because they're trying to prove that we don't care about each other. But what we do show everybody that sees 10,000 people walking down the street in a state that this 
murder did not occur in lets them know that we do care and that's very important and then when they stop talking about our problem and start talking about other stuff on the news we make them put the problem back on the news because they have to show us in the street this isn't being televised right now they're not putting our meetings on channel 2 news but when we go out there and stop traffic they have to keep talking about alton and they have to keep talking about philandro because we're making them talk so it's about making them the the awareness and it and it's crazy how comfortable we are making people aware of what we wore yesterday and where we went but when we need to make them aware of the fact that we excuse me for cussing, that we give a damn about something that happened. We have so many questions about that. And there were a lot of people saying that, oh, well, posting doesn't do anything. If Philandro's girlfriend didn't use social media to post her experience, we wouldn't know. And and just to, just to take that a step forward about two things that you could do individually sharing that experience when, when our black, when our black media picked that up around 11 or 12, we spread it around social media and CNN was the first news station to cover it. And they didn't cover it until three o'clock in the morning because they were trying to get their story together. So when we spread it, we make them, we make them report on things that they don't want to report as well as the Dallas PD who still had the man Mark who was not, who was not the shooter there still had his picture up as the suspect for, for another day. Sean King and a couple other people took to Twitter and put out the Dallas PD media. Myself put the Dallas PD media's phone number on Instagram and they blew up their phones and they took it down in 30 minutes. So stop saying that social media doesn't do anything and the hashtags don't do anything because we make people aware of everything else. So if we make them aware and embarrass them to the point that they have to start telling the truth, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Barbados just put out a manifesto letting their people know that they need to their black men know that when they come to the United States to be careful because police are shooting people the same way they let us know about Zika virus and everything else is going on. That is embarrassing as hell for America to have that out to another, another place that it's, that it is dangerous to come here. So don't act like what we're doing doesn't help because if it's not the 500th death that does it, if it's the 600th and we got to wait, history takes time, but we don't stop caring because it didn't work this time. So please post things because there's a million people that are still posting pictures of them at the club and still don't know what's going on. And that's the point of social media. Thank you. Okay, guys, I'm going to just change the dialogue. Thank you so much, Amber. I'm going to change the dialogue only because we're starting to get pressed for time. We're about to run out of time, and I want to make sure we touch on a couple other things. We were talking about where we want to spend our money. I want Malachi to just to kick off that conversation. What's up? When I, get, when I say what's up, when I get it, what's happening? What's up? What's up? What's uh, I felt like a rapper. That was hot. <laughs> All right. Um, my name's Malachi. I, um, I'm involved in a lot in Atlanta. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Spillage Village and stuff, but it's not just a record label. Um, but I'm just working on, like, I decided to dedicate myself and a lot, a lot of my resources this year to uh, solving the fresh food desert in Atlanta. Um, I think for the most part, nutrition is probably the most, like, fundamental aspect of life. And um, as, as a people, we're not living as long as the rest of these people because what we're putting into our bodies. And it's not because of, like, choices and stuff like that. It's because of access. Um, talking to people, I'm gauging interest a lot. And a lot of the response I'm getting is black people don't eat healthy because black people don't like to eat healthy. Black people don't eat healthy because we don't have access to healthy food. We've always been given bullshit and scraps from day one. Exactly. So um, more not, not just urban farming, but I also want to bring, I want to make it more accessible to us and stuff like that. So long term, I'm, I'm looking to open a farmer's market, and I want to put one in a predominantly black area, the city of Atlanta, and see how it does. 
but short term, and then something's going to be a little more accessible is actually putting together pop-up farmers markets throughout the city just to gauge community interest and stuff like that. So once we gauge interest, we can move forward from there and start seeing, you know, where's what's working here, what's working there, what's not working and stuff like that, and we'll move forward from there. Um, I already have a pretty, I have a pretty good network of uh, black organic farmers in Georgia that's pretty much ready to go. And the only thing that they're lacking is access to the masses because they're growing in small towns with populations, you know, population like 20,000 people. In Atlanta, we're at, what, 7, 7 million? And they're expecting 2 million more people by 2020? So, yeah, so we need help. Um, and I think it's no better thing than, you know, us to get it started ourselves in here and stuff like that. So I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I'm definitely willing to get this thing started. And I want to get it popping before the fall. timing because she has been waiting all day now i'm nervous hey hey everyone my name is um Kishe solomon i'm a african-american studies major political science pre-law i'm also a member of the air force and i'm also um a new graduate of habasha works and i want to tell y'all about habasha because this goes back with taking back your health take back your health you can take back your community we want to stop our dependency on these big supermarkets, if we want to stop our dependencies, what do we go there and buy mostly? Food. What can we do with food? Grow it. You can grow it on your balcony. You can grow it in your backyard. Habasha, it stands for Helping Africa by Building Schools at Home and Abroad. And these are all ran and funded by black men. They just moved back home. They just moved to the West End, right across from Morehouse University. I see this new dome coming up. The, the West End is our home. We, we were banished to the West End, and we made it beautiful. It, it is our, it's our historic home. It's the, it's the home of our, one of our most historic leaders, MLK. We need to keep the West End. They will take the West End like they took Decatur. They took Decatur from us right from underneath our feet. We cannot let them take the West End like that. Um, so I, I propose, um, I know the sister said don't rent, but if you do rent, rent from H.J. Russell, the biggest black-owned real estate company in the South. If you do shop, shop in the West End. If you do eat, eat in the West End. Tassili's, Yasim's, um, so vegetarian. R A, me, me and my right here. That shea butter you buy R, from R A Cosmetics is based out the West End. So, in reference to the protest, um, I think it's beautiful that ten thousand people showed up. I think it's great that ten thousand people showed up, and you know everybody can be there. I couldn't make it because I had to go to work. but it's about coming out every day. It's about coming out each week. It's about being in front of the Capitol building every day. Hey, did you change that law yet? Did you change that amendment yet? Yeah, we still right here waiting. Yeah, we'll be we'll be here tomorrow checking in again. So, yeah, yeah, be about it like every day. Like, that's it. I had some gentlemen in the back. Let me get you, Sean. Good. We we got everything to go. All right. Hey, uh, my name is Phase P. Uh, Pierre Conley. I'm a uh, engineer, producer, artist here over at the Omen Agency, and uh, I'm from Inglewood, California. And as far as the police violence and you know the prejudices, uh, this is really nothing new to me out here. Uh, when it comes to that, um, I've lost a lot of friends, uh, you know, to the police. So uh, one of the issues I think we can resolve is how to deal with situations when we get, when we come in contact with law enforcement, you know, because as long as they continue to lock us up and kill us, you know, there's, we're no good, you know, to each other. So we got to figure out how to keep ourselves out of jail 
you know, you know, because we are going to come in contact with them. But how do we keep ourselves from agitating the situation? So what I'm thinking is I want to put together uh, seminars where law enforcement officers actually come and speak to us on how to handle situations when we come in contact with them so that we can stay out of jail and, you know, continue with our agenda. Otherwise, it's not going to work if we continue to get locked up. I mean, because we're still making them money for each body they have. So um, that's really pretty much all I wanted to say. Um, I'll put some more information out there as uh, it comes. So hopefully everybody can show up. So We don't want to use violence. We should still exercise that right while we still have it because martial law is real. And that's what we're approaching, if not already. Um, another thing... The it's a video. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> it's a video on YouTube that I just watched today. I haven't finished it. It's called from the plantation to the pulpit. And it's so much information and it's so much to swallow in one sitting. But I really think that 7,000, 17,000 views is not enough. And if you have the time, it's two hours. You can break it down. Just watch it. Read more, read articles and just educate yourself. And don't forget about the cause next week or next month. Um, and just if you... I'm so nervous. This is not good for me. <laughs> and um, just go out and look at guns and protect yourself. I, I started kickboxing two months ago, and I'm ready to take down anybody. <laughs> And I live by myself, and I live in the, well, I don't live by myself, but I will be. And I do want to stay in the West End. And you, you know, I would rather be in my community because that's the only place I feel safe. From the plantation to the pulpit. From the plantation to the pulpit on YouTube. I was going to say, um, and, and to piggyback real quick off of Amber Grimes, you mentioned like Channel 2 and them, they don't cover these types of things. They actually were here today. But, okay, Channel 2. you Channel 2? I work for Channel 2. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So that, that kind of kills my question. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it was. It's Fox 5 was here earlier interviewing us. Channel 2 was in the building. I saw the cameras and everything. And I was just concerned about the narrative. Like, I'm glad they're here, but I'm glad that you're a part of it. So I know that the right narrative is going out. The right information is being shared, not just their opinion. We need to let them know what we're actually here for. So thank you for that. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Can y'all hear me? My name is Sasha Turner, and this Friday I'm hosting an event in Clayton County. It's called Bridging the Gap. And what we're going to do is we are going to inform our people about different things that are important in the community. I'm, I'm never talking. Um, we're, um, <laughs> um, um, we, we don't want everybody to go to the GoFundMe every time that one of our people will pass away. So we're going to be signing people up for life insurance. We also have re representatives. We also... <laughs> We also have representatives from the um, Senate that are going to show us how to get uh, bills passed. What, do we, what are the steps in order to get bills passed? As well as we're going to have police officers there as well. We're going to have lawyers that, that, that are going to give us important laws that we need to know. Um, we're going to have media there to tell us, you know, when, when we can and can't record because there are certain things that you can't record. Um, so we're just going to have a very informative um, meeting uh, on – I'm sorry – on Friday at the Terra Center. Um, it's from 6 to 9. I really appreciate anybody just to share the flyer. If you can't make it, just share the flyer for us. It's called um, Gapping the Bridge, and what we're doing is trying not to burn bridge. bridge I'm sorry. 
bridging the gap. Terra Center on Terra Boulevard. And we don't want to burn any more bridges. We want to build more bridges. Amen. Let me. I'm coming to you. You just got to give it right back, though. All right. Hey, y'all. My name's Austin, um, member of the black community, as you can see. Oh, hey, I'm Austin. I'm a member of the black community, as you can see. Uh, one thing I want to say is somebody had brought up the point about um, us as citizens being uh, accountable for police officers. And one thing that I think that should happen is because um, an argument made against police officers is that, you know, that there aren't all bad cops. And that's true. But if you're neutral, you take the side of the oppressor. So I think that I don't know legally how um, how this can be rendered, but I think there should definitely be a program that'll uh, that'll hold police officers accountable for every other police officer. Because if there's one police officer accountable for three other ones and they're all accountable for it, it makes it harder to hiccup. Um, and my other point is another thing that I see about our black women. We got to stop disrespecting our black women because they, without them, this whole movement will fall apart. Without them, and yeah, 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 yeah. We got, we got to give respect to give respect as well. I love y'all. Okay, I got a lot. Of, okay, and everybody that's raising their hand right now. Okay, because I see that there's a lot of hands up and we don't have a lot of time. I want to make sure everybody gets this information. One, like you heard, he's gonna post this up on SoundCloud. So if you missed anything, hopefully all of this will be able to be played back so you can grab what you need number two i might regret this but can i ask you guys to pause your phones real quick real quick participation is for you this is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt y'all trust me i'm gonna give you guys my phone number i would like for everybody to text me or email and just just specify one if you need information or two if you're giving information what i'm gonna do at the end of this week is try to wrap up everything that we've received here and make sure that it's put out so that it's on you guys to act on these options that have been put in front of you so you don't leave here being like oh i got so riled up i was so inspired that's cool but i need y'all to act on it so my number uh, is four zero four And like I said, text me letting me know whether you would like to receive information or whether you are giving me, you would like to give me information. And I'll make sure that you're either on the email list or that I have your information on that list going out. Thank you, guys. Get it back right. Whoa. We blazing nonstop hip-hop and R&B. What's up? K100 Radio. 24-7.